0: Mix in the Dark. Hey what's up, it's my Ying from Mixed in the Dark. As you may know, I took two weeks off to recover from my cold, so it's great to be back and recording with a normal-ish voice. School is also finally over for me. I just dropped off all of my teacher materials, so now I can focus on some me type of things. And with that said, a lot of things are constantly happening around me, and I feel like I gotta keep you in the loop. If you haven't heard, I am pregnant with my first baby. I will be going through an induced labor that's coming Wednesday, which means my baby boy will meet the world a little sooner than expected. This also means that I will be taking some time off of storytelling to recover and to just spend some time with my little family. I will be completely absent during the month of July. In honor of our new addition to the family, I've got a set of creepy baby stories to tell you. I hope my baby has a strong heart because he has no choice but to listen to this set with you as well. Please enjoy. Story 1. There was a couple who had two children, one is a girl around the age of five and the other an infant who was just a couple of months old. The husband worked second shifts while the mom stayed home and watched their children. Their new baby was born with a congenital lip split or what you would call a cleft lip. Because of this, the mom felt that the baby was not fit to be hers and did not love the baby the same. She was bothered by what her baby looked like and could not find herself to accept her baby. One night, while the husband was still at work, the mom decided to put the baby in its stroller. When she got to the stairs from the second level of the house, the mom pushed the stroller down the stairs while the baby was still in the stroller as an attempt to kill the baby. The stairs were very steep, so her plan worked. The baby did not survive the fall and passed away that day. Since the baby was in the stroller, it looked like it was an accident. No one was suspicious of the mother and the case was closed. A few weeks later have passed, after the mourning and quick funeral of their lost child. Things slowly went back to normal. One night, the mom was setting up the table for a dinner. The mom set up two plates, one for her daughter and one for herself. The daughter was sitting on the chair looking at her mom, set up the table and asked, Mommy, why didn't you put a plate out for baby too? The mom looked at her daughter, confused, and replied, What are you talking about? Baby is not here anymore, remember? The daughter pointed at the empty chair next to her and said, No, Mommy, baby is right there. Baby's hungry. The mom panicked when she heard her daughter say that. Scared, she grabbed her daughter's hand and they got out of their house until the husband came home from work. A couple of weeks later, there was a particular night that rained extra hard. The mom had just finished putting her daughter to sleep in her room. She went to the living room to watch some TV while waiting for her husband to come home. Their TV was set up next to their living room closet where there was about 6 inches of the door still opened. While she was watching TV, she noticed something in the corner of her eyes. She thought she saw what looked like a pale hand reach out from the inside of the closet and slowly waving at her. She thought that her eyes were just playing tricks on her, since she noticed it from the corner of her eyes, so she turned her attention to the closet. And there it was, the little pale hand was still waving at her. She screamed as she ran to her daughter's room and covered herself underneath her daughter's blanket. Nothing else happened after that event, so she never mentioned it to anyone. Years later, she and her husband decided that it was time to conceive again. They tried for months and years, but there was no luck at all. They finally decided to onning to see what was wrong. The goal of the onning in this case was to look into the spiritual space of the family to see if anything was blocking conception from happening. When the shaman was done with his ritual, the shaman asked the mom, Have you harmed or done something to someone to get them upset in the past? No, she nervously replied. He then said, As I was doing the ritual, someone came to me and said you did something to them. Whatever you did to that person, that person is very angry with you. That's the reason you aren't able to have children right now. Desperate to bear more kids, the mom finally admitted to her crime. The family was angry at her. But as angry as they were at her and as wrong as the decision was at the time, the family could not do anything about it. They also did not want to get police involved, especially since it happened such a long time ago already. The shaman then sent Joss money to the baby and told the baby not to be upset and to go reincarnate and find new parents who would love the baby. The couple ended up being able to have children again, but all of the kids afterward were born with cleft lips just like the second baby. Story 2 When I was about 8 or 9, my family lived in a house in a little hidden neighborhood on a cul-de-sac or a street that is closed at one end. It had a huge backyard, but there was a rusted out trailer, the flat kind you used to tow dirt bikes and whatnot, in one corner of the yard. That area of the yard always gave us the creeps, so we never went over there. Neither did our dog. My two younger sisters shared a room, but they would come sleep in my room every once in a while because they said there were weird lights in their room. My parents passed it off as the streetlights bothering them. One night, I woke up to this weird feeling of anger. It was like when you're standing next to someone that is murderously pissed at you. There was a shape of a person standing in the doorway and a single red glowing light like the cherry of a cigarette. Both my parents smoked, so I thought it was one of them. I sat up and said, Mom? Dad? Dad? but there was no response and then the figure and the red light were gone. I pulled the covers over my head as quickly as possible and made myself into a tight little ball. Then there was a tug at the blankets at the bottom of the bed. I pulled the blankets back up and there was another tug. I was terrified and unable to move so I just held onto the blankets as hard as I could. The tugging stopped but I was frozen with fear. Eventually I fell asleep again. When I asked my parents about it the next morning, both of them said they were asleep the entire night and it must have just been a nightmare. Fast forward some 20 years, I used to have nightmares about the house, but especially the corner of the garage turned den, which looked like a black hole in my dreams. It was a one-story house, but I used to have dreams of running downstairs into the den where I knew if I went close to the black hole, that something evil would get me. I also had dreams about the other houses in the neighborhood being evil, and if I went to them for help, I would die. My younger sister and I were talking about the house with our mom one night and she described having almost the exact same nightmares, but we've never spoken about it before. In her dreams, she would run down the stairs into the kitchen where the cupboards would be opening and closing by themselves. There would also be a man standing in the den near where I would see the black holes in my dreams. Needless to say, all three of us were pretty creeped out. I've been by the house a few times and still get this eerie feeling when I come into the neighborhood. Maybe it was built on an Indian burial ground. Story 3 We lived in a duplex when I was still 9 years old. I loved that house. I loved it for many reasons. One of the big reasons was that my uncle and his family lived on the other side. My brothers and I were close to my cousins, so for us, it felt like a never-ending sleepover. We used to ask my dad to tear down the dividing wall so that we could just go back and forth to play whenever we wanted. Although I had many great memories, that house was also by far the creepiest house I've ever lived in. I couldn't have been older than six years old when my dad bought it. I remember going in with him to check it out. Both sides had identical reversed floor plans. There was a main floor, an upstairs with three bedrooms and one bathroom, and an unfinished basement. The basement was always spooky and cold. I hated being there. The first time that my dad and I checked out the basement, there was a pentagram painted on the wall in red paint. My dad painted over it, but you could still make it out even after all the years that we've lived there. The first signs of paranormal in that house were experienced by both of my younger brothers. We were still very young at the time. The three of us shared a room together. My dad set up three beds for us, but my younger brothers always slept in the same bed together. I slept in the far bed opposite of them. One night, after I had fallen asleep, my middle brother woke up for no apparent reason. He noticed there was a dim light in the room. He looked up and sure enough, there was a ball of light hovering at the ceiling. He just stared at it. The light moved back and forth. He said he whispered my name, but I was sound asleep. He then whispered our youngest brother's name and found that he was also awake. Do you see it?" Yeah, I see it, my youngest brother answered. They were only about six and seven years old at the time. They said that the light would fly down and shock their faces and then fly back up like it was playing with them. They quickly pulled the covers over their head, but the light just flew through the covers and shocked them again. They laid there scared out of their minds. After 15 minutes or so, the light faded and vanished. They ran to my parents' room. My dad responded by yelling at them and making them go back to bed. To this day, they swear they both saw it. After my grandfather died, something strange happened. One night, I was watching TV. By this time, I was probably around 10 or 11 years old. Everyone else had gone to bed. I still remember clearly. I wanted to watch head of the class. After the show ended, I carefully turned on all of the lights downstairs. The downstairs was laid out so that the TV was in the living room. To get to the stairs, you had to go through the dining room, and then to the stairs. So I turned on the living room lights, then the dining room lights, and then the stair lights. I went back into sequence to turn off the TV, then the living room lights, and then the dining room lights, then I went upstairs. I felt spooked already for some reason so I ran upstairs and then to the bedroom that I shared with my brothers. I put on some shorts and ran to the bathroom to pee. As I ran by the stairs, I made sure to notice that all the lights were off. After I peed, I came out. When I came to the stairs, all of the lights were on. At first I thought maybe someone got up. I ran downstairs and looked around. Every single light was on, even the kitchen light, and I was never even in the kitchen. Worse yet, no one else was awake. I quickly ran through and turned off all the lights. I ran upstairs and threw the blankets over my head. I was never so scared as a kid. Story 4 My parents live in a small town in Oklahoma where the Hmong community is tight-knit and everyone knows each other. There was a Hmong lady who passed away and my dad attended her funeral. My mom did not want to go because when my dad decided that they would go, it was already 11 p.m. at night. So my dad went without my mom. The funeral was a good 40-minute drive away. My dad came home after 1 a.m. The dogs in the farm were barking, as usual. My dad also happened to be on his 24-hour business cell phone with his people. He went into the computer room where he found my mom watching Thai dramas on YouTube. She was supposed to be asleep with my youngest brother at the time because he had school in the morning. Well, my dad wasn't surprised and watched it with her anyways. Soon enough, my baby brother, 5 years old at the time, started crying and my mom rushed in by his side as though she was there the whole entire time. He kept crying and saying, Mommy, where are you, Mommy? You're not here. My mom finally got him to fall asleep again. She was also getting sleepy herself, so she went into the computer room and told my dad to go to bed. My typical mom ended up watching more Thai dramas with my dad. My baby brother then started crying really hard again. It was then that my mom decided that Now, this was the time to really go to bed. She had a hard time getting him to quiet down this time around. He was crying so hard, it was like someone was hurting him. He cried himself to sleep, even with my mom there. The next day, after my baby brother returned from school, he asked my mom, Mommy, do you want to know why I was crying so much yesterday? My mom asked him, Why, baby?" He pulled her towards him and whispered to her. I saw a lady that had short hair like you sitting on top of the dresser. She kept staring at me, but I knew that she wasn't you. My mom freaked and backed up and said to him, Don't say things like that, you are going to only scare yourself. My baby brother said, No, mommy, really. It was really dark, but I saw a lady sitting there, right there. He pointed toward the dresser. Later that day, my mom confronted my dad about going out late and coming back home so late. She told him what my baby brother said to her, and he said that my baby brother was probably dreaming. And then he remembered that the lady who passed away had short hair like my mother's. Then he also remembered that he didn't put his hand over the burning stove to ward off any wandering spirits. Hmong folks have a belief that after coming back from a funeral or place of the dead, stepping over fire or cleansing your hands on top of fire will cover or burn your tracks and scent so that spirits cannot follow you home. I guess the lady followed him home. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I'm your host, Mai Yang. Mix in the Dark podcast is available on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, and Facebook. If you have any stories that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com.